Welcome to Around the Table. As a church, we are standing together, contending for Jesus' teachings, and we have many wonderful supports to help us do that. Today's discussion is about our church's guiding principle, H. From Queen Esther to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to David and Daniel, to the early church apostles as well as believers today, we are daily presented with situations where we must discern, apply, and teach the Word of God. What can we learn from these biblical examples, both individually and collectively as a church, to be light and salt in today's ever-changing and fast-paced environment? Good evening. My name is Ben Weekend, and I have the privilege to shepherd the Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and Tucson churches. I'm here with... This is Brother Scott Aberly, and Doreen and I are in... My wife, Doreen, and I are in the Washington, Illinois congregation, and we have the privilege of uh, being on the ministry team here. So tonight, Brother Scott and I are going to talk about Guiding Principle H, which says, We as a church contend for the teachings of Jesus Christ and His Word. So let's just start a little bit maybe with some definitions. Brother Scott, what does the word contend mean to you in this context? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the word contend may have an, for some people, could have an implication of something that is contentious. And that's not what uh, this is intended to be. It is really around the way I think of it as a active or a proactive versus a passive engagement in seeking to understand the scripture. And it means to make an effort to maintain or to assert, I believe, in this context. You know, I, I really appreciate that that insight, Brother Scott. I, I go back to um, maybe 20 years ago, the idea of trying to help someone understand the word. And there was a specific situation I had with a friend in the church where we were dis- discussing a topic. And it was so important to me um, that actually, to my shame, to be right about the answer, I wasn't speaking the truth in love. One could almost say that instead of contending and helping one uh, understand the truth, I was sort of pushing myself a little bit, and that at one level, I won the intellectual point, but I, but I lost the spiritual point, um, and to the point where it affected our relationship negatively for about a couple years. I'm thankful in that case, God in his goodness gave me uh, another opening to listen and to love, and we're able to uh, renew our relationship and change the focus from who's right and who's wrong, but rather to point them to the truth for their gain and for their benefit. So I really appreciate that thought about being uh, being contentious. And again, so why why is it so important to do this? Let's just think about what's the end purpose of, uh, of this contending for the faith. What comes to mind for me is uh, in Colossians 1.9, where it states that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, And it's really about equipping ourselves for the end goal of having a relationship with Christ, as well as a relationship with each other in our body of believers, and to be able to glorify God and who He is. So I think these are pieces that contending for the truth or contending for the teachings of Jesus Christ equip us to be better servants of His. No, I think that's it's an important, uh, a critical place there to, to to talk about because, you know, for us to be equipped so that we can help others, we we first need to understand the word, and so I'm I'm you know I'll share a little bit about how I study the word, brother Scott. I'd love to get your perspective on that as well, you know. And oftentimes when we think about studying the word, if I could take a, just a small digression, you know, we think a lot about the um uh, the teachings and the individual uh, areas of discernment. 
I just want to take a, a moment to think about the promises we also find in the Word. You know, I heard somewhere that there could be over 3,000 to 7,000 promises in God, God's Word that we know that He says what He means and He means what He says, and they're help to us. And so if we want other people to have the joy and contentment, we find those promises, hey, we need to know those, so we need to, we need to study the Word. But as well as we need to also, you know, understand the concerns, the watchouts, or how we how we discern. You know, as my dad always told me, he said, you know, we can't uh, give what we don't have, and so if we want to teach others, we need to we need at some level to teach ourselves. Um, how, how do you how do you actually you yourself study the word? Yeah, I appreciate that. There are several things that you mentioned resonated uh, with me. I believe that we we're on a continuum uh, between you know the concepts of truth and grace. And there's times where we maybe look at the word as something that we're seeking to learn in order to stay out of trouble. But I really appreciated your comment about the joy that we have in in knowing the Father and understanding who he is. And your comment earlier about contention also kind of resonated with me. It brought me back uh, just a little bit. A little diversion here. It brought me back to a time in college where I was uh, sitting in the lunchroom cafeteria at the student union and um, two people walked up uh, with an intent, I think, to share the word. And it seemed like from the from this beginning of the conversation, they were intending to pick a fight. And at one point I said, we're on the same side here. Right. Um, is Is there really a reason that all the, the topics tend to uh, go to things that you're seeking to find disagreement on. And I think that's what comes back to what contending for the word is, is really about a positive application uh, versus uh, seeking to necessarily be discriminatory. But as far as personal study, I think that the things that have worked, you know, for me, uh, first, I would, I would acknowledge that I, I don't, I don't claim to be an expert at a, a an expert student, but I have learned that uh, my own characteristics. Uh, I'm more of an auditory learner, so it is helpful for for me to listen to someone or to share in a group discussion. Now, naturally, in preparing topics, that's also another thing that I've found when I have a when I have a specific outcome in mind, such as teaching Sunday school, a Sunday school lesson, just the discipline of knowing you have to prepare. Um, but those, those are kind of the, the framework or in the environment that I've found helpful for myself, either uh, doing something where I'm uh, listening audibly to something, as well as preparing something with an end purpose in mind. And then you know, what resources do we use? Those are probably good things to think about. Obviously, the word, the Bible, um, start there. And then, you know, dictionary reference tools that are helpful in today's technology environment. You know, there's many things you can access your Bible online, do searches much more uh, quickly than we maybe could when we were simply using paper. But those are some of the things that I do. And I'd, I'd love to hear, uh, Brother Ben, what you do. Well, I really appreciate that example of, of sitting in a cafeteria because the the example of almost you said the intentionality of of, of how we go into situations, whether it's sharing the word or studying the word, is is, is really important. And you know, for me, again, I, I'll admit I have not re- I don't read the Bible through um, every year. I think my father told me he tries to read it through every other year just to help understand context, understand chronological order, and see how things fit together. I really enjoy, as you said, to, uh, to, to look at a book or to look at a topic. And then in that environment, um, 
what's worked for me is I enjoy a, a long walk before, uh, before I go to bed almost every night. Sometimes I walk three, four miles, but while I'm walking, I'm really meditating and just thinking and having a, a prepared heart to allow the Holy Spirit to, to help me think about what does this word, what does this, this concept or the scripture or this verse mean? Not just what it means in scripture, but how could it apply to my heart? Easy for me if I'm not careful. Uh, Brother Scott, to think about how it could apply to everybody else, sometimes my family, sometimes those in church. But, you know, when I when I truly am, you know, quiet enough to allow the Spirit to speak to me, how it could apply in my heart, it truly is a it truly is a great blessing. And that ability to to take that extra time and maybe only think about six verses or eight verses or a chapter or something in context. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's one of the promises of God's word that I think he says, if we consider what he says, take the time to be considerate. It says he will give us understanding. And uh, over my 56 years, he's been more than faithful uh, to me. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I remember being told either by a brother in church or uh, when when I was put into the ministry that our purpose for study is, yes, that we may share it with others. But if we approach it every time we are studying with the intent of how can I learn this so that I can convey it to someone else, um, we're missing the mark. And uh, at, at some point, you know, we will, we will become, um, we will starve ourselves in some sense. So I really appreciate your comment that, that we need to be feeding ourselves. And this applies to anyone in, you know, sharing the gospel. And we're grateful that our church has had the sharing the gospel Bible study because it really, it really convicted me in a lot of ways on what it is to understand the scripture first for ourselves and to understand the gospel. And, and we do that continually uh, through life. You know, I'll, I'll reference also that you, you mentioned what you do with the daily walk. I find it my morning. Um, first thing when I get up, that's when I usually spend time in devotion. And in addition to reading the scripture, but just a daily devotional. And sometimes I'll let that guide me toward the scripture that I read with with a daily devotional, so that's that's been helpful for me. It helps start the day for me. No, it's, it's amazing that no matter where we are or whatever time of day, we we have a God who doesn't slumber or sleep, but is willing to meet us if we uh, reach out, and the Spirit will, is willing to guide us. I, I would just want to do a, maybe a call out. There's a number of other resources that I personally have benefited from, whether they're ACCFS presentations, a number of you know sermons that we have on AC Central or other topical Bible studies that are present there. You know, clearly from when I was growing up 40, 50 years ago, the quality of maybe some of the um, Bible dictionaries or Greek dictionaries so that we could, if we wanted to, dig deeper into the word and, and understand maybe some more of the context is helpful. Um, maybe some of you know, um, for our ministers, we have um, really started some apologetics conferences to help us understand how we could make an active defense, which is part of contending for the word uh, with some of the questions of the day. Again, resources that um, would be available to our to our church and, and something that you can reach out to your, your elders or ministers to learn more if you think that's um, a, something of great interest to you. But it's really an exciting opportunity that you know, I, I go back to where maybe thousands of years ago where people didn't have, a, or hundreds of years ago where people didn't have the availability, as you said, even just to go online to do searches that we do today. We really have a, 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 an abundance um, if there's a desire and, and those those habits early morning, late at night, whenever it is, uh, it's always time well spent when we when we, when we we look into the Word. Yeah, I, w- I will share. I, I agree with you. And I'll share that at one point I went on to this has been probably six, seven years ago. I went onto our ACCFS website 
and it was organized differently at that time, but just into some of the ministry resources. And it, I will admit that I, I became a little overwhelmed with all of the different uh, in, pieces of information that, again, pointed to the scripture. But it just, it really humbled me to realize that there is just so many, so much available that brothers, faithful brothers and sisters um, over years, over the years past, have assembled for us. And it's a, just a testament to God's faithfulness in his word that over the centuries, over the millennia, it is still not only present, but it is alive. Yeah, no question. Now, you hit on this critical point about we're not in this by ourselves, right? We have our brothers and sisters, you know, church leaders, others to help us as we, um, as we, uh, as we try to discern the word and we learn, learn more about who he is. Um, you know, one of the things as an, as an elder body, we recently, um, spent 12 weeks and went through and read the book of Acts together. And it was, it was a wonderful thing to, to hear, um, these brothers who I've labored with as co-elders for many years just searched the scriptures together and the same word came alive in, in so many different ways when we heard the, the aspects of uh, the insights of these different brothers. And you talked about the benefits of a group setting. I'll, I'll share this with you because it was so such a positive experience that we have employed it in Philadelphia and we broke up into groups of sixes. sixes. And so you'd have, you know, um, young uh, family members, old family members, singles, um, adults, all different kinds. And, and, you know, it worked the same way. And, and hearing some of the youth just share how the Holy Spirit was working with them and brought alive this early church and, and examples of, of, of what they went through and, and the teaching, just not in the synagogue, but, you know, in the temple, in the, in the, in the courts, everywhere, and the role of the women, of how active they were. They said they went to the places where they knew the women were going to pray. It was just, it was so inspiring just to study the word together, not just to know the word, um, but really to get to know our brother and our, and our sister. And just, it's, it's a, it's a benefit and a blessing, I think, when we have the opportunity to, to have some of these, you know, group studies as well. Brother Scott, any experiences there you'd like to share? Absolutely. The, as you were speaking, I reflected back just the, the, the joy I've had in, in my life with the relationships with other people, starting in our, in the days when I was single and I was a young man in my teens and there were, brothers and sisters in our single group that were older than I were. And of course, at that time, I considered them to be, you know, arrived. They were adults. They had it all figured out. And they were just, they were so, it was fundamental in how they took us under their wing. And you commented about getting together in groups, just the travels that we did in the car and listening to those brothers share about the word and then different experiences that they had. It, it really came alive. It was a great application. And it's one of the blessings that we have as a, having a community of believers such as we do. Yeah, no, you know, in our, one of our last elder meetings, um, brother Scott, just to build on that a little bit, we were talking about how do we take these learnings and teach them to others a number of them said, well, we model them in our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. And as you said, it's, we, we learn from those experiences as, um, you know, as, as elders with younger, those who have quote, unquote, you know, arrived, um, who haven't, you know, it, it reminds me as, you know, Christ, when he was walking and he was departed from his, his parents and he said, don't you know, I must be about the father's business. And that's always been very convicting to me because it just reminds us that 
God wants us to be his ambassadors. He wants us to teach others, you know, all the time, not just on a Sunday or a Wednesday night, but, you know, around the table or around, you know, uh, when we're on vacation or we're at workplace. And, and so we, we've been benefited from others who willingly taught us. And now he asks us to, uh, to, you know, to teach others as well. That is really key. One of the blessings we've had in the Washington congregation, well, actually we, you know, we've had the, We've had the good fortune in our family that we have lived in the Kansas City uh, area. And so we spent 10 years with the Kansas City Church and we did something similar there. And then when we moved here to the Washington, Illinois area, we had small group Bible studies and we used the materials that had been made available through our church. And we probably over a 10 year period did at least six. But having a group into your home and sharing around the word with, with a little bit of a format and a structure to follow the, the Bible studies that we had available to our church. But what was so key on that is, is not only reading the word, but then sharing with each other, not only on the scripture, but seeing each other's hearts and sharing prayer requests. And I think it's that combination where we were knit together to not only understand the topic, whether it was, you know, the gospel or one of the gospels or the Bible study on Ruth, uh, the Bible study on James, Philippians, there were just a number that we had. And I can't, I can't say enough about what that does for not only learning, but also sharing and building um, as a body of Christ. No, those are, those are wonderful experiences. I, I had forgot the different places that you've been in. My wife and I likewise have been blessed by really having the privilege of assembling with a number of our different churches. And sometimes some of those experiences, um, Brother Scott, almost prepares for things we don't even know about. I just, a, a quick story before we, we move on to uh, church practices. But um, about 36 years ago, my wife and I were out in, in Rockville, Connecticut. We had just got married. And after being uh, with the church there for a couple months, uh, we actually lived up in Boston and commuted every uh, weekend for church. After Sunday, after church one Sunday, the elders said, um, I'm going to come visit you this week. And it was a shock to my wife and myself because we were thinking, what did we do wrong? We must have uh, caused some problems because traditionally in a place where, where we had grown up, we were at a place where there was a non-resident elder, you didn't visit with the elder that much. And uh, so we were nervous all week. And on Tuesday night, he comes up and we're just waiting for the shoe to drop. And uh, he told me, he said, I, I came, he says, I wanted to make sure before something had happened that we were, we, we got to know each other. And this concept of, of being a shepherd, not just reactive, as you talked about in the beginning, I mean, but being proactive is what you said was just really, really important to me. And back in the day, I was thinking, I'll never utilize that in any experience of life. And now here, 35 years later, it's, it's, it's been, it's been good wisdom. So, you know, a lot of time these, these nuggets that are placed in our hearts bear fruit, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years later. But God has everything in His uh, in, in in His hands, and His ways are so far above ours. I'll share a, a, another a personal story also. So when I was a young child, um, grew up in Sabetha Burn area, and I remember, you know, as a as a young boy, that knowing that we had an elder in our church, and I kind of forget which one it was, but I, w- the brother I believe it didn't uh, he had lost most of his hair, so it was uh, he had a had a, um, a shiny head. And I think my image of God was somewhat mixed with this, my image as a, as a tour or as a four or five year old of what this elder was. So it was definitely very much um, someone that I didn't see as approachable. 
But then over the years, as my dad was put into the ministry, and when I was like six years old, and then as uh, I grew into my teens and we had hosted an elder conference, but my, my appreciation for the roles in the church, as well as not only the elders, but our Sunday school teachers, my respect and esteem for them and what they taught us. Because I think one of the things that as, as I worked in or attended Sunday school, our Sunday school teachers were not only uh, relatable to us, but they also made the word come alive. And then as we hosted an elder conference, we had uh, two brothers that stayed in our home and I got to uh, see their, their hearts and their desire for the word. And I think these things together, not only strengthen our conviction that, that we are in this together, but it also gives us a confidence that the Lord continues to raise up people um, in all roles of our church in order to help contend for the faith. No, I really appreciate those examples, Brother Scott. In a lot of ways, it segues to our last topic, which, you know, I think as we think about our church practices that, again, we we believe have been a blessing to us. Um, we think they help us in, in the whole concept of being able to keep our focus on God and His Word, not on man, help us, you know, live overcoming lives and provide order to our worship services. But they have the right place. We don't want to elevate them, um, or our own personal preferences to be equal with, with scripture or to be our individual source of identity, but rather our, our identity is, is in Christ. But a lot of our practices, as you said, show us that we're brethren amongst brethren, right? Is that we sing together. We don't put one above the other. We, we sing together. We sit together as, as, as a church family, um, and so on and so forth. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's, I, I, we really, last weekend we were up in Rockville, we were dropping our, and it's almost like full circle, our daughter, our youngest daughter off at college, um, uh, and really left her under the care of the Rockville church. But, you know, there was about 12 of us sitting around the table and after dinner, we just, we opened our hymns and we sang together and, and it was just one voice, um, but an opportunity to praise God and, and it was so exciting because the kids, um, some of the kids, younger kids came and said, well, we want to sing. And it was inviting and, 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 uh, enjoyable for them. And I also think it's, it's good. As you said, sometimes we have this perspective of what a being a believer is. And maybe there can be some soberness, which there needs to be at times and some gravity, but also to see, you know, joy and laughter and praise. It's a wonderful way for us to teach our, our children about just the love and the, and the unspeakable joy we have in, in Christ. How have you found or how, what church practices have uh, your, your thoughts around that subject? I believe that the, the practices that we follow, I would, you know, maybe give an example from a context of our families, you know, in our individual families, we have certain practices that we follow and we've, you know, we've developed them whether it be a, somewhat of a tradition or something that is special to us. And it may be different from a different family. So as I look, you know, across the global situation of Christianity, there are, there are other cultures that exist. The thing that I really appreciate about our apostolic Christian church practices is they, they've certainly been foundational in my life. And I enjoy, for example, music. I enjoy the, the social uh, fabric that we have that allows us to communicate and travel and hold each other accountable. And I believe that the practices, you know, if you look at those types of things, they're key to helping us 
understand and point our way to the word. And then you get down to our individual practices or the practices we follow in our forms of worship. And, uh, you know, there is certainly things that are doctrinal that we apply, but I think some of the, you know, it, it doesn't tell you in the Bible to have a morning service and an afternoon service and a lunch in between. But we have found that form of worship to be really conducive to keeping the social fabric that we have together, as well as enabling us to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and learn from each other. And this is not a, you know, not a statement to discredit any other culture, but it is something that when you've just like in your individual family, you grow up with certain things that you do as a family and you find them good and healthy and helpful. And it doesn't mean someone else's practice is bad. It means that you are, you know, you, you identify and have a specialness in the practices that you follow, hopefully for the strengthening of your family. And I think that's, you know, we look at what Jesus did when he had his uh, last supper and uh, the, the format that he followed. And we follow that today. And it's something that he instituted with them, but the exact method that we use, you know, that, that can be open to some additional ways of interpreting that. But I, I think, you know, as, as I said at the beginning, that the church practices have been just foundational for us. You know, I think one of the things um, that you hit on, which I really appreciate, and I'll just maybe have a couple of thoughts to think and then look to you for some closing comments, um, is is the thought of the, a lot of these practices allow us, you know, the scriptures would say, hereby, if we know, if we love God, if we love the brethren, we know if we're his, if we love the brethren and this social connectedness that a lot of these practices allow us to do, they encourage us to spend time together. They encourage us to keep our focus on God. You know, the scriptures would say we shouldn't forsake the assembling our, of ourselves together. And yet we know it's not just being in church um, that is, will, will automatically make us assembled together. You know, it's almost like, you know, pieces of puzzle can be in a box, but until they're put together in the right order and fit together, that's when the beauty comes out. And, and so it really focuses on the dressing of our heart. So when we're there, do we have love, are we clothed with humility? Do we have love one for another? Do we esteem and, and have, you know, preference for the other brother or other sister? Um, that for their benefit and for their for their welfare and and, and the daily ac aspects of life that we have and and you know I think having the ability to practice this on a day to day basis and I think it's critical and look I think we can all ad admit that over the last uh, eighteen months or so through this pandemic we've had some challenges you know and some stress tests of, of of practicing these things but you know the reason why we can persevere and we persevere. It's because of we're standing upon the solid rock is Jesus Christ. And when we deny ourselves and, and have our heart clothed with his love, then we can clearly place our trust in him. And then everything, you know, as, as the scripture would say, the, well, not the, a hymn we sing says, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your interest and also welcome your comments. To share your feedback or episode ideas, go to the settings menu in AC Central, select User Feedback, and when the web page opens, click the Feedback on Around the Table link. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church.